Hello, hello, hello. I am Flora Fauna Healing. Welcome to my podcast, You're the Shift. For those of you who don't know, my name is Kayla. You probably do know that if you're one of my listeners, but just in case you don't, welcome, welcome. And that's what my name is. So this episode might be a little bit of a struggle for some people. So if that's something that you're worried about, grab yourself some tea, coffee, whatever it is you want to drink, grab yourself a notepad because I'm offering you guys some things that I've been through personally and I think it might really help you guys open up your mind. So this is an episode that's very dear to my heart. Do you have somebody in your life that has a disability? Do you have somebody in your life that has a disability that is unseen? I'm talking about things like lupus, ADD, autism. Um, There's a myriad of disabilities that are unseen. I could go on and on. But something that other people may not see. A great example of this is fibromyalgia. A lot of people will even say that that disability is made up. I think that's incredibly offensive, and I'm going to get into why I think that today. So this is something that's very dear to my heart and something that I have a lot of personal experience with. I was diagnosed with ADD at a young age. I have quite a few disabilities under my belt, but the point is what they are is not important here. The struggle of it is, though. If you are someone who is dealing with one of those types of disabilities that are seen or unseen... A familiar point of contention for you will be the box that society puts you into. You may have experienced, since childhood, people telling you what you can and can't do. You may have experienced, since childhood, people telling you that your struggles are not valid, or that you are not valid, or that you're a freak, or that you're different, etc., etc., etc. People who have not gone through this, you guys don't understand. And that's why I'm speaking out today. I want this to be an episode that might help other people who aren't struggling understand how to love the people that are. Because when you're coming from a neurotypical brain, and even people who aren't, I'm neurodiverse, but I don't necessarily understand what someone else that doesn't have my particular disability may be struggling with. Sorry, guys, that is my dog. He just had some Taco Bell with me. He was quite happy. Anyway, you may not understand. I know that as somebody who is more than likely on the autism spectrum looking to get tested for that, that I may not be able to understand what someone else who is also on that spectrum may think, feel, process, etc. Disabilities are different across the board. You may have the same disability and experience it in an entirely different way. A great example is my partner has ADD. I'm diagnosed with ADD. We are completely different. My partner loves loud music on a bad day. She loves having her TV loud. She likes to watch her TV with subtitles because she has um, auditory processing issues. So she can hear it, but it may not come through the brain right away. It won't process until like a minute later. So a big theme with my partner is, what? Oh, okay, like two seconds later. Because she's got to process and you got to give her time, right? And that's just how some people's brains work. Myself, I'm extremely audio sensitive. I can't handle loud noises. I cannot. I just cannot. It it feels like a cheese grater up against my ears and tension in my head, and it actually fills me with anger and puts me into a state where I can't function. So, like I said, same disability, different manifestation. We know that we need quiet time. We know that when I'm in a good mood and she's in a good mood, it's time to pump up the jams because I can handle it when I'm in a good place. Except if certain sounds are there. But I know myself well enough to know which sounds those are, if it's too loud of bass, etc., etc. And I can listen to a song within the first 20 seconds. I can be like, nope, not for me right now. Let's switch. Let's, let's compromise. Let's find something different. Honor the people in your life with disabilities. Do not assume that they are the same based on the same diagnosis. 
I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder as a younger person, and I know lots of people that have that. We have different struggles. I'm able to maintain a job. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm able to maintain a personal company, not so much a 9-to-5. This is something I know about myself. However, I have friends that can maintain a 9-to-5, and they have excellent coping skills to get themselves through, albeit it is difficult for them. I know other people that have it completely different where they're not able to maintain any sort of job at that point, and all of that is okay, yet we have the same diagnosis. So what the theme is here is the individual. You need to base your knowledge off of the individual. If you have two friends with ADD, you should be asking both of those friends what they deal with individually. Chances are those friends will bond over what they share. They may also bond over what they don't share and learn a thing or two from another, you know, and that's fabulous. So what I really wanted to bring home today is how you can learn to love the people in your life that deal with seen and unseen illnesses that you don't understand because you're coming from a place of not having them. I want you guys to think about the people in your life that are close to you. Have you ever told them things like, oh, it's not that bad. You just have to go to work today. You have to push through it. You have to deal with it. You just have to deal. Have you found yourself saying something like that to them? Have you told them that, oh, you know, it's okay. It's just a sound that you don't like. It's all right. Or I know you're in pain, but let's just keep walking until we can get home, etc., etc. The answer is you should not have said that if you did. And it's okay if you did because you might not be educated, and that's why I'm here, right? That's, that's what I'm here for at the end of the day is to offer you guys a different perspective than what you guys may be dealing with right now. There are so many unseen struggles that people face. Like right now, I work at a kiosk and I was born with fine motor skills, like fine motor skill issues, gross motor skill issues, corporal motor skill issues. Um, I know, weird, I'm an artist, but I make it work for me and it took me a really long time to do that and there's a whole lot of shame associated to that and that's all right, I'm working through it. But I have trouble gift wrapping boxes. <laughs> And I have to wrap a box with every transaction, and you would not believe the looks that I get because I take an extra 20 seconds. Do any of those people know that I'm disabled in that way? No, they don't. They don't care. Because they're assuming that I come from a place of privilege. This is a really good example of how easily you can put someone down with a disability. And now, I probably experienced that like 30 to 40 times a day in that job. Yeah. Sometimes when it's busy about that, when it's a slow day, maybe like 13, 14 times. But you can imagine how that might erode somebody's self-esteem. And I'm energy sensitive, so like, I feel it. I feel it when they're glaring at me. I can have a great transaction with someone and they're glaring at me at the end of it. Sorry, guys. Not my fault. And what do I need to do? Do I need to tell them, oh, sorry, guys. I have a fine motor disability. Can you just appreciate my struggle for like two minutes and understand that I'm different than you? Except that doesn't fly in our society. It just does not. It's, it's not something that I feel like stripping off of myself every time that I have an interaction. I don't feel like coming out of the disability closet every two minutes during my workday. But people glare at you and belittle you for what you experience without having any idea what it is that you experience. This is the struggle of having something that's unseen. Now with something that's seen, it's not any different. Have you seen our sidewalks in town lately? Think about that for a second. How can wheels push through that? Who's helping? Ain't nobody helping. The city can help, but on the back roads, are you trying to tell me right now that disabled people don't live in the back roads? Is that what you're trying to tell me, North Bay? 
because uh, they do and they can't get to work and they can't get to the grocery store. What if they can't get to the hospital? Last year, my landlords had issues with shoveling the driveway and ambulances got stuck in my driveway. And that could have been make or break for the person that they were bringing to the ambulance who was struggling with seizures at the time. Not okay, city of North Bay. (laughs) Well, not okay, landlords. But this is the thing. There are things that are unseen that we don't think about. There are things that are seen that we still don't think about. Uh, Like, I know that it took a long time for all of our schools in North Bay to become accessible. And accessible is different for every person. Accessible doesn't just account for seen disabilities. It should also account for unseen disabilities. And you know what? Most of our system that takes care of us is funded by neurotypical people or designed by neurotypical people who will have no idea what it is that we need. And yet those people are taken in charge of taking care of us and looking out for us. You know who isn't tasked with that? Us. You know who should be asked? Us. (laughs) You know who's the last person to be asked, if ever? Also us. (laughs) I laugh, but it's not funny. But yeah, so here I am today trying to educate you guys on things. How you can love those people in your life better. How you can be better. We need to be better. I'm saying that as a disabled person myself. We need to be better. If there's somebody in your life struggling and you run into an area where their disabilities might be present, let's say this person's like agoraphobic, for example. They have a lot of social anxiety. They don't leave their house. Perhaps... As a friend, you've been telling them, oh, you never want to hang out with me. You never want to do anything. You're always blowing me off. Have you looked up what that disability is? Have you asked that person how it affects them? Have you taken the time to put yourself in that person's shoes? Have you realized that that person likely deals with the shame that everyone with disabilities deals with of not being normal and the shame that that might carry? If you haven't, you need to reevaluate where you stand in that friendship. Difficult thing, I know, but how about people with anxiety? So I have a lot of people in my life that have high-functioning anxiety. And then there's people in my life that have low-functioning anxiety. And I don't like the words high-functioning and low-functioning. I think they're a crock. I think it's a spectrum. And I don't like the words high or low because that implies better than or worse than. But for the purpose of education, I'm using that today to help you guys fit into a mind frame. But keep in mind that it may be derogatory to people that you're dealing with. So someone that's deemed as, finger quotes, high-functioning may be able to hold down a job. They may be able to go through their day-to-day life. They may hide a lot of their symptoms. You know what? That person probably struggles with eating every day. That person might struggle with emotional regulation. They probably come home and hit their bed and cry. They might pick at their skin, all of these things. And you're telling me that that's high functioning. It's not. You know what? The low functioning person may be aware that they shouldn't put themselves in those situations. And so they may not work while they're getting their stuff together. They may not work because they know that that's not right for them. I think that that should be considered high-functioning because that person is aware of what their needs are and what their limitations are, and their mental health might be even better for it. But the society that we live in puts so much pressure on us to behave a certain way, to be determined successful. I want you guys to think about how that might impact the self-esteem of the disabled people in your life. Because it ain't good. It's not. And the help available to us is very slim, especially now. There's not a lot of help available for people as a rule. North Bay has a terrible mental health crisis. I'm sure you guys see that around you during COVID. It's a struggle. And it's a struggle that you don't understand unless you've been through it. So what I'm asking you guys to do 
if there's someone in your life that's experiencing anxiety, for example, and they're telling you they're having a bad day, instead of offering solutions, because those solutions come from your privilege, and I'm not saying that solutions are bad per se, they're not, and that person may welcome them, but I'm saying you should ask them first. Ask them, what can I do for you? Like, is there something that you need? What helps you? Like, my partner knows me really well, and she knows that when I'm struggling, um, solutions aren't usually a good idea for me, but offering me something is, like a hot chocolate, like running a bath, like a hug. Oftentimes, I don't want a solution. I just want to get it out of my system. I just want love. And that may be opposite to a lot of people, because some people are very solution-oriented. It depends on the person. I'm not, and that's okay. But I've had a lot of friends tell me when they talk to me about um, anxiety that I've experienced or mental health that I've experienced, and they go, no solution is ever good enough for you, and I can never help you. Nothing is ever good enough. Have you stopped to ask me what I need before jumping down my throat and making the situation worse? Have you stopped to consider that maybe you can't provide me what I need with the solution if you don't ask me? Have you considered that maybe I was talking to you because I wanted support? No? Maybe it's time to look at your friendships differently. This doesn't just go for disabled people. This applies to everybody. Everybody. And I, I keep saying disabled people. I should be saying persons with disabilities, guys. I'm sorry. We are people. And that's, you know, a term that I've heard a lot that I just spit out. And I should really be thinking about it better, especially as somebody who's dealing with it. But yes. So a lot of people in your life that struggle with disabilities are going to mirror that same story. That same story of low self-esteem. That same story of I can't be close to my friends. I can't be vulnerable. I can't explain my struggles for fear of losing people in my life. Losing people. That's how deep the fear goes. So let's say I have a friend that struggles with autoimmune disorders. I have many friends. And this friend really struggles with keeping friends in her life because she constantly has to quote unquote bail on her friends. And I've told her again and again, yo, you need a day, you take a day. You come first. Our plans come second. I'm here for you. You want to just video chat? Sure. You want to just chat over text message when you have time? Sure. You want to do none of that and you want to take that time for yourself? Have at her. Like, have at her. I love you. Do yourself because I don't understand what it's like to be you. And to get angry at that person for what their, dis like, what their disabilities are, what their struggles are, is completely wrong on my part. And I would never. It's just like when I'm experiencing like overload, I probably won't hang out with my friends. And I'll tell them that, I, like, I'm really sorry. I have to cancel plans. I'm in sensory overload. It's even hard for me to look at my phone. I just wanted to keep you on the loop and tell you where I'm at. And if I can possibly revisit it, I'll let you know. I hope that's okay. And if you'd like to reschedule, I would love that. Um, maybe we can pick a different day. And I've had people get angry at me, like outright slam me and tell me I'm not present enough in their friendship and I'm not kind enough and I'm not there enough. Um, no. <laughs> you don't understand. So that's what I'm asking. If you guys can look at how you treat the people in your life, just people, not even people with disabilities, persons with disabilities, everyone in general, are you bypassing someone else's stuff to push your ego on them? Yeah, hard. I know. Hard to hear. Hard to listen to. Hard to say to. We need to be better as people. I have this like crazy radical idea, just this absolute off the wall concept. What if we let people be themselves and speak for themselves? What if we empowered the people in our lives that are struggling with this and we made a different narrative for them? What if we asked them, 
what they struggle with. What if when we became friends with them and they confided in us when they felt safe enough that this is something they struggle with? What if we asked them, okay, well, on a bad day, what can I do for you? What's your what's your best thing? Do you want me to stop with, like stop by with a cup of coffee? Would that help you? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to offer solutions? Because your anxiety enjoys that and it, it likes having options to choose from to take off the brunt of the anxiety. Do you need me to not cook for you because you have celiac and you're worried about cross-contamination and it isn't about all the effort I put into my food, but it's actually about your health instead? There are so many things to consider with someone in your life, and if you don't stop to ask them, you're never going to know. Another thing is, when somebody tells you something that is part of their disability, you, you shouldn't snap to judge. If they tell you that they're in pain and they tell you that they're in pain every day, you don't have the right to sit there and go, oh, all they do is complain. You know what? No. Why don't you ask them how you can help if you can? Why don't you offer them the space to be themselves? If you can't be their friend when they need you to be their friend, what kind of friend are you? If you have a friend with depression that constantly vents to you, you are responsible for your boundaries. If you are dealing with too much and you just can't handle it right now, I had a friend just say this to me and they were working and I sent them a message because they asked me how I was doing and so I answered honestly, right? We talked about that. We talked about answering honestly when somebody asks you how you're doing and they said, I promise you I'm going to read this. And I said, no, I know you're working right now. 110% that's fine. Thank you for keeping me in the loop. Thank you for telling me honestly where you're at with something. I appreciate it because sometimes people will just leave you on read when they don't have the time to quote unquote deal with your stuff you know what if you don't want to deal with my stuff then maybe we should revisit our friendship maybe we should revisit your own boundaries we all struggle with stuff i have a lot of friends with disabilities as well and sometimes we like mesh with each other and it's not good sometimes we both bounce off of each other and we're both in a bad place so i've taken to especially with one friend of mine going i'm really sorry i can't reply to this right now but I want you to know that I did hear it. I'm processing. I'm not not answering you. I love you. And I just want you to know that I love you and I see you. But I'm going to take some time to answer this because I'm not doing okay today. Is that cool? There we go. Boundary. That friend knows with absolute certainty that I have their back. That friend knows all the time and doesn't even worry about it. But I make a point to communicate it anyways. Because what if she's having a bad self-esteem day and she feels like nobody's there for her? I want to make sure that that's bypassed. I want her to know that I'm there. But I don't want to be a friend at my own expense. And neither should you. If you're being a friend at your own expense, there's things that you can do. Like setting boundaries that are, I can't do this right now. Um, I'm working. Could be not text while I'm working. Or... I'm just with my family um, right now. I'm not doing too good. Um, would it be okay if I answered this at a later point? I just want you to know that I did receive it, and I'm just sending you love. However it is that you want to do it, that's fine. But you know what hasn't been offered to most of us? That. You know how many friendships that I've had go down into the ground because they didn't understand? Even though I communicated. Even though I told them where I was at. Even though I am a very transparent person, and anything you ask me, I will answer honestly. That's just how I am. But people struggle with that. I know a lot of people that come from a place of privilege and they'll listen to somebody speak and go, oh, that bothers you? Oh, can't you just get it together? No, none of that. You don't need to take that. You shouldn't be dishing it either. And if you're dishing it, this is the time where you should be using your notepad. Do better. We can all learn to do better. But do better. 
So from the second part of this, people who are dealing with a seen or unseen disability, this is a time where you should fill up your tea because this part is all about you. Congratulations for getting this far. Congratulations on getting through a world that was not built for you. People that have not been you will not understand how insanely difficult the school system is to navigate, the employment system is to navigate, the financial systems are to navigate when you are dealing with a disability that is either seen or unseen. I already talked about the sidewalks in North Bay. That's a, that's a killer example for people. You know what? If you live on the back roads, do me a favor, shovel your sidewalk. You don't know who's trying to get out of their house that day. You have an extra five minutes? Take care of the people around you. Be a good person in the city. This isn't just about you, right? There are things that you can do that can help. So people that are dealing with this, I want you to know that you should live your life in the way that's best for you. I'm self-employed. That's how I get through it. That's how I make my money. That's how I'm able to live because I, as a neurodivergent individual, do not fit well into the work system. That being said, I have a side job. It has been an extreme adjustment in the three weeks that I've been there and I love it, but some days it's still difficult. And I want you to know that if you are struggling with that, if you're struggling with trying to go to school or trying to find out where you fit in, you have to figure out where you fit in. The opinions of others on what you should do, what would be best for you, throw them out the window, please. You need to focus on you. And if you don't know yourself, if you really haven't taken the time to get to know yourself, that's okay. And I want to say that that's okay because society doesn't give us the option to know ourselves. Society gave me the option to deeply understand a neurotypical person and how I wasn't shit. Pardon my French. They never gave me the ability in school or, or even outside of school, even in college, to understand that the strengths that I had as a neurodivergent person were something to be proud of as well. They never told me that there are strengths that I can rely on as a neurodiverse person that neurotypicals may not have. And that's, that's cool. They didn't tell me how I could cope. Coping, even though I have a diagnosis, which I'm privileged to have, not a lot of people got that PSA. So many people with ADD still think it's an attention problem. No. If you have ADD and you're hearing this, please do your research. Send me a message. I'll, I'll fill you in. I will totally give you all the research I've done on it and, and hold space for you. You deserve to know yourself. And part of having a diagnosis is, is knowing yourself. And I know that a lot of people think that is a label. And you know what? That's a whole other like topic. But for some of us, a diagnosis can really help us understand why we struggle with what we do, how to get help, how to cope, how to do things differently, how to take care of ourselves when the society that we are in does not allow us to do that and frowns upon it. So I just wanted to take this time to tell you, please speak up to the people in your life. If they don't hear you, they don't hear you. But you as someone who is dealing with that disability, do have a responsibility, if you want those people to be close to you, to be vulnerable and share if that's something you're comfortable with. If you have a support person in your life, and I don't mean like a support person, if you have one of those, great, right? But if you don't, maybe it's just a good friend. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's your dog. My dog is the bee's knees. I tell my dog all sorts of things about having ADD. Does he understand them? I don't know. But he's cool. It's fine. Anyway, so try to find someone that you can share things with. Because carrying this every day, it has effects on your body. 
Especially with ADD or autism, for example, we internalize all of the sensory stimulus that we have. All of the stress, all of the I can't do this, I can't do this, all of the masking that we do, all of the hiding that we do, all of the extra stress that comes from not being able to do a task from A to B. I do a task from like A to M to R to Z, and then sometimes I get to B. And that's a good thing if I manage to get to be. Half the time I leave the room and I go to do one task and I accomplish 375 others and forget what I stepped out for. (laughs) And that's okay. I have lists and I have alarms to help me with that. But people don't understand that my brain just isn't linear. I lose track of time. I have huge memory gaps. All sorts of things. Did you know that that was a feature of ADD? And now you do, right? Educate yourself. It's super cool to learn about what other people go through. It's super cool. Like, I I mean, I don't know. I really love psychology. So maybe I'm just a nerd. And if I am, I apologize. But if you're a nerd too, take the time, man. It's so cool to learn about how other people's brains and bodies work. I'm super passionate about this. I think it's the bee's knees to understand how somebody's body works. And it helps me be a better human being. So yeah, anyway, back to the point. Again, stated I have ADD. (laughs) Um, You have a responsibility to speak to who you can if you need to and i'm not saying that this is a must but i'm saying if you have someone in your life and you really do want to have a successful relationship with them you really want to be close to them please stop hiding yourself please stop hiding what you struggle with please be open you know what if that person doesn't get it then they don't get it but you gave them the opportunity to and maybe maybe with time that person will open their mind a little bit to what they don't experience because you've stepped up to the plate and you've told them what you deal with Please communicate your boundaries. You are allowed to have boundaries. Let me say it louder. You are allowed to have boundaries as a disabled person. You do not need to fit the mold that other people put you into. That's not for you. That's their shit. Your shit is your shit and only you, unfortunately, understand your shit. And you are responsible for what you can do about educating other people on your shit if that's something that calls to you. You deserve to have support people in your life, and I know that you've probably gone through your whole life feeling like a burden for what you deal with. You shouldn't have to feel that way. It's society's problem. We want to raise better children. We want to be better friends. We want to be better partners. We want to be better teachers, educators. We want to be better leaders. This is a huge part of it. Do not assume the people in front of you are struggling with something that's totally linear because no disability is linear. No one follows the same trajectory. Nobody is the same. You cannot assume based on a criteria what that person will deal with. You have to ask the person. If you look up learning disabilities on the government of Ontario's website, you know what they say the first source of a disability is? The person. That's right, people. We've become person-centric in Canada. Finally. That wasn't a thing when I was a kid. It was the teachers were the authority on my ADD. (laughs) No, they aren't. They did not get it. They weren't educated on it at that point in time, especially in females. You know? It is what it is. I just want, for you guys that are struggling, live your life in a way that empowers you. If you need to go to school for something different, give yourself some love and do that. Do not worry about the job. Do not worry about the finances. Find a way to figure it out. Set yourself free from what is keeping you locked in a box and unable to function. If you are struggling with a disability, find ways to make things work for you. If you need to splurge a little bit to get somebody to prep cook your food, do it. Do it. Save yourself the executive function, yo. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time and energy to stare into your fridge for three hours going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, there's too many things. I don't know. I don't know. Find a way to build supports. Build yourself a routine. Figure out a way to set yourself free with your finances. 
figure out a way to move yourself into a job that serves you if you're able to work. If not, capitalize on your talents. If there's anything that I've learned about people with disabilities, persons with disabilities, it's that we are really talented in a lot of things because we've had to push our energy into different things to be able to cope and get by. Empower yourself in that area. Do what makes you feel alive. If that's writing, art, I don't care, just do it. Empower yourself. Who cares if everyone around you is going, oh, that's not going to make you any money. Do they live your life? Do they know how you feel? No. No, they don't. How come they get a say? Don't let them have a say. You know, I would have gone for a totally different program in education if I would have listened to myself instead of listening to the people around me. And they tried to tell me how much money I would make and that I was setting myself up for failure at 18 years old by not choosing a career that would make me money. I went to school and I have tons of debt and I hated it. When I went to school for photojournalism, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't know anything about living with a disability. And at that point, I had multiple rearing their ugly heads (laughs) and I didn't know how to deal. So I dropped out. Well, actually, my funding got cut, and then I dropped out. There was no way for me to go back to school, but I keep getting told that I dropped out because I didn't want to do the work. No, no, I went to a school that didn't know how to accommodate me because I didn't yet know how to accommodate myself because I was still going through diagnosis. The biggest thing I'm going to tell you is be patient with yourself. Please, for the love of God, be patient with yourself. Nobody understands what you're going through but you. You have to do yourself a service and be patient with yourself. I want you to stop calling yourself a burden, and I want you to stop putting yourself down, and I want you to stop thinking that people need to do extra things to be with you, or that you're so much worse than a normal partner would be. Newsflash, you are normal. You are. You're just dealing with something extra. That doesn't make you not normal or lovable or enough. You are enough. And that's another message I want to hammer home here. You are enough despite everything that you go through. You are enough despite what society tells you you are not. If this is an area you are struggling with, you should definitely try to look into therapy. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself the love that you were not given. Hold space for yourself. When you start doing that, the whole world around you will change. The narrative of the people around you will change. You deserve it. So I hope that doing this episode today helped open up the eyes of people to something that they may not experience or helped open up the eyes to people who are experiencing it on how they can do better for themselves. This is a difficult episode, and I'm sorry if it was difficult for you. It was difficult for me too, but I'm glad that we we got through it together. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to learn about something that may or may not affect you, or to even learn about how other people might be affected in ways that you might not have seen during this. I encourage you to take a closer look at the world around you and see how inaccessible it actually is. That being said, if you want to learn about more intuitive intelligence, spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence, I have more resources available at my Patreon, and that's Florifauna Healing, well, Patreon backslash Florifauna Healing. And um, yeah, so you can find more resources available there. I release these podcasts every two weeks. They're divinely guided information on things that I've brought through on what you guys need to hear. I am somebody who works with a lot of psychic abilities, so that's a theme for me here. I put these podcasts out to be able to help educate. And that's my only angle here. So if that's something you're interested in, feel free to check out my Patreon. You can find me on Facebook under Florifauna Healing 2. Whatever serves you. I hope you guys have an absolutely excellent week. And remember, be the shift you want to see around you. Have a great week.